All right. So the rewatch of Goldfinger starts now. Excited. Here we go. I'm excited. Oh, my gosh. I was so happy when this movie started just because it starts in the way that everyone imagines a Bond movie to start. I, I think they all, all start this way, don't they? Yes, the but kind of in their own unique way, depending on the Bond. But yes, the, the classic opening with looking through the gun barrel and oh. here's James. It's, it is an an awesome opening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get very giddy thinking yeah. of it. So we get the theme song. You get, you know... <laughs> The gun barrel falling, James, the blood coming down from the screen. And uh, after that, we then get a shot of a facility at night with two guards walking, and we pan over to a nearby dock. It looks tropical, like it might be Cuba or something. Is it? It's Cuba, right? Um, Latin America. Latin American. Yeah. And so uh, we get a nice pan of the scenery and all that good stuff. And then we see a bird swimming into the dock. <laughs> Although it's not a bird, <laughs> as you could probably guess. It's James. It's not. <laughs> what, what could it be? It's James Bond in scuba gear who comes up and he's checking the scene. And then he shoots a wire over the top of this wall. And a guard comes by to check the scene. But Bond knocks him out. <laughs> I... I love the antics. This is such a fun opening. I mean, <laughs> the bird. Yeah, the bird. <laughs> the bird on the head. <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny. The the guard. Yeah. yeah. So we're like, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> yeah. So there's a bunch of metal cylinders in this facility, and then Bond walks up to one of them, and he goes inside. And then we see him start to plant sticky explosive devices on some of the nitro barrels that are inside. And then he escapes and goes back to the dock. Yeah, so he just uh, is about to blow up this um, drug lab. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and then he has yet another costume change. Yes, he <laughs> luckily, or I guess fortunately, had a white tuxedo on underneath his scuba gear. A snazzy so. suit that did not wrinkle or get wet at all. No. <laughs> Under the scuba gear. Of course not. And so he makes his way to sort of a, a club area and he notices a dancer there Then he checks his watch and then the bomb that he planted earlier detonates in the background and everyone hears this and leaves in a panicked frenzy. So just another day Mission at the office. Mission accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's what's like cool yeah. about this opening is so like you're right in the thick of a climax of another story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's a fun way to open something. But yeah, Dave accomplished a day over job done <laughs> what am i trying to say basically it's it worked out <laughs> yeah and so a man at the bar starts talking to bond congratulating him but warning him not to go back to his hotel because quote they're watching him bond says that he'll be careful but that he has some unfinished business that he has to attend to unfinished so, business mm. what could that be and so Bond walks into another room where the dancer from earlier is taking a bath. She gets out and <laughs> they start making out and everything. And then she goes, of course. oh, why do you always wear that thing? Referencing his uh, holster. <laughs> and I love the line that he gives. I have a slight inferiority complex. <laughs> <laughs> that also, I feel like this is a movie with like some of the peak witticisms oh. as Goldfinger calls them. <laughs> For sure. So he takes off his holster and he puts it above the tub 
And then they start making out again. And then from the background, we can see a man creeping out and he's about to bludgeon him. But the girl's eyes are open and out of the reflection, Bond sees the man, turns around and turns her to receive the hit <laughs> and then starts fighting the guy. <laughs> so I love I love how like extra this movie is and how campy and ridiculous that he like sees yeah. <laughs> her coming in the eye. That's so funny. But it like also plays into this mastermind that James Bond is. I'm pretty sure this was parodied in Austin, one of the Austin Powers. It was the second one. (laughs) Why won't you die? (laughs) So funny. Um, And it is actually interesting, this actor that plays the bludgeoner of sorts. Mm -hmm. uh, He was a last minute replacement, I believe. They had a different actor originally, but I believe that actor got caught from burglary. Um, so they got this guy like last minute. Yeah. Come oh. on, come on, guy. Don't be that method. Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so uh well it was pretty well choreographed. So props to this new actor, Mr. Bathtub Bludgeoner. So uh, I forget his name. I used to know, but yeah. very good job. Yeah, and so Bond throws this guy into the tub and this this dude is right next to Bond's gun that he just placed there. And he's about to pick up, he's about to pick up the gun. And then Bond, ingenious Bond, throws a plugged in fan into the bath to kill him. (laughs) Shocking. (laughs) Shocking. (laughs) Absolutely shocking. (laughs) So, oh, what what a beautiful intro. And then that just that scene cutting into the title sequence. Yeah, no, it's a great intro. I, I love it is cool. It's its own mini story. It sets up the credibility of Bond being master, talented, and pretty much everything. And it also sets us up for the beginning of our next story of like, okay, I just finished a job. I'm going to take a look, a little weekend off, a little vacation. But it, you know, goes into what it goes into. To the Fontainebleau. Um, <laughs> the Fontainebleau. So it's it's an awesome opening and it became that way for many more Bond films to come. Yeah. And then do you want to talk about what the deal was with Shirley Bassey recording it? Oh man, there's so many deals. This is, I love this title sequence. I love that they got Shirley Bassey for this song. The writers of the song were like, nah, we're not going to sing it. So they got her and it's perfect. And she belted out so hard that she almost passed out on the high notes. But and and there's a little there's different variations of the story, but essentially she had to remove her her binders, like I'm not actual binders, because I don't know what was used. But yeah, essentially she had to remove her garments in order to finish the song. And yeah, so it is a powerful, powerful song. I love it. And the images that accompany it, the golden girl in the background. Oh, I love the song with the golden body. And I love that they have like scenes from the movie playing on her body. But it's it's not just like random. I think that they matched up like the parts as weird as this sounds. They matched the parts with her body with the scenes very well. (laughs) Yeah, which is pretty cool. And for Mm -hmm. some reason... I thought that it kind of sounded like Moon River. 
you know what? Yes, it did. When they first wrote it, um, they started like singing Moon River or like they were like, wow, this sounds like Moon River. <laughs> um, but it's different enough. Yeah, but yes, it, it does have a little Moon River tie in. It, it's the first few notes, but I'm just like, Moon River. And it's, yeah. it's different. But like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Every time it plays in the movie, I was just like, cat but <laughs> no it's it's totally it's a little bit of a teaser it's like when yeah. you think you're playing under pressure but it ends up being ice ice baby like awesome. <laughs> this was definitely an iconic song and the goldfinger song was actually the first james bond title song to crack the billboard top 10 and no it way. reached uh number eight february 1965 so very cool and as we know bond songs are so coveted and Sam Smith won the Oscar for writings, uh, writing on the wall, writings on the wall. Mm -hmm. And Adele won the Oscar for Skyfall, which I love, 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 love. And such a great homage to Shirley Bassey. Yeah. So. Skyfall is the shit. Like That, I, might, that <laughs> might be my, this one and Skyfall and Live and Let Die are my top three. Yeah. Bond songs. Those are, those are all really good ones. I, I definitely agree. I think the new one that's coming out too with, uh, What's his name? Rami Malek? No, it's not Rami Malek. Yeah, I yeah, isn't it? Yeah, where he's the villain. Yeah. That one looks so good to me. I, I think yeah. I'm gonna have to see it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Little plug for that one. But <laughs> uh but yeah, so do you have anything else to say about the title? No, Shirley Bassey actually sang a few Bond song Bond title songs. A couple Diamonds Are Forever is another one. Um, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one too. No. Bye. Yeah, very iconic. And again, this changed the game in terms of the importance of a Bond song and how awesome it is to be considered to sing one as an artist. Change the game, baby. <laughs> well, yeah. And so after the amazing title sequence, we then see a plane with a big sign that says, Welcome to Miami Beach. And we get a nice pan of the city, which leads us to the pool of the famous Fontainebleau Hilton. Yeah, very cool. Iconic Miami hotel. Yep. CIA agent Felix Leiter. Leiter? Um, leader? Leader. L-E-I-T-E-R. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can decide. Leiter. Leiter? Uh, yeah. This guy, he comes over to James Bond. Is he he's a CIA agent? Is he a yes, CIA he agent? Was, um, he is a CIA agent. He is kind of like Bond's American counterpart. Yeah. In the new series, he's actually played by Jeffrey Wright who is in Westworld oh. for everyone. Cool. Yes. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so this guy, the CIA agent, Felix Leiter, is coming over to James Bond, who is receiving a massage from his girl of the minute, Dink. Bond then Dink. tells... Yeah. <laughs> like, what? What kind of name is that? What uh, a name. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Up there with Bambi and Thumper in uh, <laughs> one, of, one of the other Bond movies. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a stage name. It's Florida. And so Bond then tells Dink to say goodbye to Lighter, and she's confused. He says, man talk, and then turns her around and slaps her on the ass. It's Nice little 60s sexism in there. Yep, yep. <laughs> by nice, I mean not nice. <laughs> it's just so funny. I, I was watching it. I was like, What? <laughs> Welcome to Mad Men era. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Daniel Craig wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, he certainly would not. <laughs> He's a gentleman. <laughs> but yeah, a little butt smack and Dink is shooed away. Yep. And so Leiter tells Bond that he's being requested to go look after an individual named 
Auric Goldfinger, an international British businessman who's being monitored by British intelligence. I know. That would be so annoying to finally be on vacation, a yeah. little break from from work, and then to be assigned with a job while on vacation. Yeah, he's just trying to dink dink. Like, and <laughs> all this stuff happens and falls right on his lap. But yeah, Oric Goldfinger. Very interesting. Um, right off the bat, we can dissect this name. Oric could be derived from or. Orium, the Latin word for gold. A-U. Got the A-U in there. Or, you know, there you go. Gold. (laughs) And gold finger. And gold finger. Which, there's controversy with that, too. Yeah. Do you want to speak to it? Uh, I can speak to it a little bit. Apparently, it was based on Erno Goldfinger. This guy was a modernist architect, but he was also a little controversial, apparently. I don't know if Ian Fleming had some sort of issue with him, beef. but beef. Yeah, maybe some beef, some British beef. And Erno was really upset that Gold, like his last name, was going to be used as the villain for this movie. And I think that he filed a lawsuit. Yeah, and, uh, and I think it was all settled out of court, but yeah. it almost wasn't Goldfinger. Could have not been Goldfinger. How nuts. Yeah, and Fleming apparently said that the only way that he would change the name Goldfinger is to Gold Prick. And so, <laughs> I don't know. There was a lot of stuff going on, but Fleming's publisher kind of took care of the the lawsuit, and then Goldfinger still remained. So, yeah. Goldfinger. Our, Goldfinger. Gold member. <laughs> yes, par- I was just thinking parody as gold member. Yeah. And the Austin Power films, if someone doesn't know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Please go watch them after this if you have not seen either one. Honestly, you're going to enjoy it like whether or not you watch that first or this, this or that. doesn't matter. It's great. <laughs> just watch them both. Anyway, Bond asks where he can find Goldfinger and lighter points conveniently that goldfinger is coming down some stairs in his yellow shirt and gold slippers which just look so tacky the most atrocious outfit it like clashes with his skin color and his hair look his hair it's horrendous the man's a ginger he has no soul and this outfit is just trash yeah regardless of the era i think you know what i will say this i think the first time i watched it I like I don't know why and I I couldn't even tell you when I watched it for the first time I think the first time I watched it was like that's him (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I was expecting like yeah even Rami Malek has some sort of suave handsomeness about him that could make a cool villain this is just like a I don't even know it's like your uncle this is a weird uncle (laughs) it was it was an interesting casting choice with Gert Frobe though um he was actually picked after being seen in a, I believe it was a German film about, and he portrayed a serial killer in it. Um, so he kind of was seen as having that villainous to him. Um, and I, I mean, keep watching the rest of the movie. I think it plays out quite well. But that's kind of how he was picked for the role. And what's interesting was I've heard he's just the nicest person in real life. And, oh, all right. Actually, I do have a very fun little fact factoid later for you people it has to do with gert frobe and another movie who's in and ian fleming so stay tuned <laughs> wait what was it chitty chitty bang bang 
Oh, no I'll way. Get, I'll get into that later. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, or you can get into it now, I guess. Yeah, get into it now. I'm no, trying wait. to see who was the other actor that was considered for Goldfinger. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, hold on. I can find that. But yeah, go into the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang stuff. Yeah, so there are actually some fun facts involving this film, Bond franchise, and the movie Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, actually. Gert Frobe actually played the Baron Bomberst in Chitty Chitty in the 1968 film Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Um, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was actually adapted from a novel written by Ian Fleming. Uh-huh. Um, isn't that interesting? And you know what? What's so interesting, even further on that, is there are way more parallels between Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and James Bond that people realize. One of them being kind of this like idea of a car that can do anything, a car with all these magic powers. The other being um, kind of the oddly named female heroine. As we all know, in Bond books and films, a lot of our female heroes, the Bond girls, have these double entendre names. And in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, our leading lady's name is truly scrumptious. So again, you see that similarities with the writing story, little characteristics come through. So guess you will never watch Chitty Chitty Bang Bang the same way again. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that's that's pretty crazy that there's all those parallels and similarities between the two. But you can see it. If it's the same author, then of course. But I, I think people don't probably put those two and two together naturally. So yeah, that's funny. interesting little connection. Yeah. And then the other actor, after I just briefly looked this up, that was considered for Goldfinger was Orson Welles. Ah, uh, yes, that's it. That's it. Yes. Who was considered to be too expensive at the time or would have cost too much. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. I mean, that would have been cool to see, but. Oh, I would have loved that. I mean, I loved this but i mean i love orson welles's voice i think that would have been so villainous yeah that would have been pretty cool and so yeah so goldfinger starts walking up to a man at a table and he starts to play cards with him making him move so that he can have his quote usual seat seat in the sun which is not helping this gold outfit wearability or his skin condition probably yeah. so frail and pale that i don't know why how could you buy that he needs sun <laughs> this man needs spf 200 like yeah. get him Fair out enough. of there <laughs> it also it kills me it kills me that he has this giant freaking earpiece yeah like he needs a <laughs> hearing aid goldfinger <laughs> like what could that possibly be being used for <laughs> it's ridiculous and so yeah it's not like we had airpods back then or or whatever like even yeah like your casual walkman this this was i think there was the only possibility of a radio being trans whatever i guess i hear (laughs) i guess you could think it was a hearing aid kind of maybe yeah the thing was pretty freaking big though it was it was not uh hidden (laughs) <laughs> so no. yeah it was it was not well hidden but yeah so bond walks past them and we see a shot of a maid walking down the hotel rooms inside and then bond is in there in his amazing <laughs> romper romp him romper. um <laughs> what yeah romp him i think that is the new <laughs> the new the term new phrase for it yep 
he's in a rompum, which I've seen featured on their Twitter. And he takes the maid's key to open up Goldfinger's suite. When Bond walks in, he can hear a voice outside calling out cards over a radio. And he walks inside to the patio where he sees a blonde girl in her underwear. And he goes over to the radio and shuts off the transmission. She asks who he is. And he replies with the famous Bond, James Bond. And then we are introduced to our lovely Bond girl, Jill Masterson. I think it was actually a different last name in the book. It was like Master Tun. (laughs) Not that different, but, you know. And, um, yeah, so she's like a little henchwoman. She helps him. uh, She helps Goldfinger cheat at gin. So dirty. She's just seen with Goldfinger, though. Yeah, I I think that was so funny. She's paid to help Goldfinger cheat, and I love that. Uh, and to be seen with him, and James Bond is like just seen. She's like just seen. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it's great, and I love that the the theme starts playing too when he says that. It's just like ah, uh, it's firing on all the right cylinders. It's so nice. The camera work. It's like oh, uh, between the binocular view and all this crazy stuff that's going on. It's great balance. Yeah. Yeah. And so then we cut to Goldfinger who is nervous that he can't hear the radio anymore. And Bond finds out that the girl's name is Jill Masterson. Super cheeky. Love the banter. Uh, He Mm -hmm. turns the radio on again and tells Goldfinger that the Miami police wouldn't be keen on his gambling and cheating. And he instructs Goldfinger to start losing something that he is not a fan of. So Jill is all about it though. Yep, I think she was looking for um, an out, and here it was. Yeah. How'd she get in? I mean, it doesn't matter, but... <laughs> yeah, it is always intriguing. Um, I, I think that the Masters and Sisters, I, I, they're so different to me. I'm always so curious, like yeah. in my head, their own little backstory of yeah. how they came to be. And I, I will admit, I have not read this book, um, but I'm sure if I did, there'd be more info on their background that would, but it is interesting th- that would be a cool sort of prequel-ish story between the two because yeah. like yeah it's like what i mean i don't know they're just they're both sort of dangerous i mean yeah. tilly's got an awful shot but we'll get into that later <laughs> um <laughs> yeah and so goldfinger loses his card game and he snaps a pencil in half and we know he hates to lose and then jill goes i'm beginning to like you mr bond and he goes call me james and they make plans to go to dinner. I love that. Like, she's also like, I like you more than anyone that I've met in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, who are you meeting? Um, yeah. I guess Goldfinger, an odd job, but besides <laughs> <laughs> the point. <laughs> yeah. If I was talking to some shady henchman and then a mute manservant, then I probably wouldn't consider. I'd, I'd be charmed by a super, super charming man, too. My bar would be pretty low, though. <laughs> My bar would be pretty low. Anyways, after some premarital sex, we see James and Jill on a bed where James gets a call from Lighter to say, Well, we don't know if that happened. <laughs> <laughs> She's only wearing his shirt. It looks pretty comfy, I will say. It looks silky, definitely. But yeah, and so Lighter calls him to set up a meeting. Uh, after he hangs up, James takes the champagne that they were drinking and he goes over to put it in the fridge. As Hilarious line, by the way, uh, drinking warm champagne being almost as bad as listening to the Beatles without earmuffs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, a quip that a lot of people always reference or they think is unusual. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Anyways, 
Uh, as he's bent over near the fridge, he gets hit in the back and is stunned asleep. We see a shadow figure with a bowler cap walk away with some sort of creepy music playing in the background. What an awesome villain henchman. I guess he's a villain in and of himself opening intro thing. Yeah. How cool just to like see him do the deed and then just see the shadow. And it's like a very distinct Look, shadow of outline. A- his yeah, outline. yeah, kind of a blockier, bigger guy with a bowler hat. Like we know exactly, like what the villain's gonna look like once we yeah. see what the inside looks like. The outline. Yeah, I anytime that the first quote appearance happens, but it's not really an appearance. I love that when Bond wakes up, he calls out for Jill, and when he turns on the lights, he sees that she's on the bed, but that she's covered in gold paint, and that she is dead. And okay. you know what? I have okay. Before we get into like, I have some questions here. here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My first like little comment is, and I okay, you guys. Like I said earlier, there's plot holes aplenty <laughs> in this film. Um, I'll try not to harp on too many, but I just thought that that it was. I've always thought it was like so weird how he didn't like cover his bases a little better with this chick. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Wait, but, Bond? Yeah, I don't know. Or Goldfinger or anyone. I'm more Bonds, like, messing around with her. Yeah. And, like, being so lackadaisical with I know. It. I know, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I guess, like, if he took her back to his room. He didn't say that his name was Bond, though. No, it's just weird that he blackmailed him, took his girl, and, like, didn't expect a problem. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I love didn't they say that too didn't lighter yeah. say that later on he's like well i mean you took his girlfriend you know yeah. um yeah first little plot hole that we speed bumped into but that's yeah. okay also technically bond even says this death by skin suffocation this is one of the most controversial deaths i would say of all time in a film i know i went there I, it's yeah. definitely fascinating okay get into it i just rub my hands if you can't hear that over the pod so <laughs> shirley eaton underwent two hours of makeup to paint her gold from head to toe except for her belly because it really was a belief that skin suffocation was a real thing there was this pseudoscience belief that we breathe through our skin, which is not true. Like, um, like frogs. Yeah, like frogs. And we're not amphibians. <laughs> um, for those of you that don't know. Please don't <laughs> think this is how people die. We're actually mammals, believe it or not. What? So they, um, there is this myth that we breathe through our skin. And if that the skin was completely coated, that you could suffocate the skin. Uh, and they even had a doctor on set. They really thought that this was a possible thing. And like, I, I just picture them like painting her, leaving a little patch open. And then it's like, okay, we film a scene now. Go, 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 wash, wash it off. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> quickly, quickly. <laughs> I could see them really believing this, but it, it has no scientific basis at all. Um, it's an incorrect belief that respiration occurs through the skin. It's been discredited in lots of different ways and by science, Mythbusters. Everyone has 
called that myth busted. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just her having to go in what five Turkish baths or something after to make sure that she got all the paint off. <laughs> so it, funny. It's ridiculous. But I think it is also worth mentioning what the actual danger is of painting your body gold. Yes. Um, the real issue is that although skin suffocation is not going to happen, the skin um, is the surface for temperature exchange and so through the pores. And so when there's extreme heating of your pores, um, that can cause death, extreme heating. So if the pores of the skin are covered too long, that could in fact cause death. Right. but Because of heating. Because of heating, not, not because you can't breathe through <laughs> yeah. your so skin. It, so that always kind of confused me. It's like, okay, they're kind of right. I, the correlation I like, isn't causation issue. <laughs> yeah. I like to think that because like in my head, I just cannot accept the skin suffocation thing. <laughs> and I like to think that she either did die of the overheating to the pores of her skin or like that they drowned her in gold paint or something. I don't know. Oh, you mean in like the a movie. real like a real explanation for how she died. Oh, right. Because when I'm watching this, I'm thinking, okay, she was laying down and they just painted her and she didn't notice. Like, <laughs> what? I th- or or they killed her via some other method and then painted her see, after. That's what I'm thinking. Like, that to yeah. me is the most plausible explanation. Right. You're telling me that odd job is going to really, like, <laughs> not. <this> time. Yeah. <laughs> Her. Yeah, or her. he's not going to use his hat to knock her off. Like, <laughs> come on, come on. Odd job's a freak ball. Like he he's going to come up with some twisted, more twisted than paint time with odd job. Like, yeah. <laughs> so there are other ways that I think that this Jill Masterson character died other than skin suffocation. Yeah, it's ridiculous, but it's iconic and it's a great scene. So. Nice, creepy. It like lets us know we are dealing with um, someone bigger than a little gin cheater. Yeah, for real. Yeah. So Bond finally makes his way back to England to talk to M and Bond wants to continue the assignment, but he complains that he doesn't know what it's about, which is valid. M tells him to meet him there for dinner that night and we get a nice exchange between Money Penny and James outside. And it what- is a... What's with Again, that? What? Well, okay. So Money Penny and James, it's just one of those James Bondian things where they have this kind of like ongoing flirtatious relationship, like platonic friends that aren't they have a little bit of chemistry between yeah. them. They always joke um, about getting it, but like they never actually joke do about it. it. But it never actually happens. She's a lot of people, and again, she's another one where people are like, is she classified as a Bond girl or not? Um, so that's up to everyone's own interpretation if they want to include her in that category or not. But yeah, it is. She is kind of this ongoing, longest lasting bondish type of girl. <laughs> if you're a female in a bond movie, even if you're an extra, I would still call myself a bond girl. Oh, totally. If I, if I was just like eating ice cream on the side <laughs> with like Daniel Craig passing by, I'd yeah. be like, yeah, that's a bond girl. <laughs> are you yeah. No, if, if you are a female in a Bond movie, you're a Bond girl. <laughs> he so, looked at me once. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I love it. Yeah. And so I didn't get that scene. I was like, is she flirting or is she a mother figure? Um, what? <laughs> yeah, it's more of like a flirty, flirty thing. Yeah. It's like tales. Um, and it is interesting. We did hear, we see what's on the line though. And his conversation with M that he could be replaced by 008. If he oh, doesn't yeah. get his act together and take this seriously and stop messing around with the bad guy's girls. I know. I know. And strength bond strength or whatever know, he says right? later. <laughs> I, I, I love the like, you were supposed to watch Goldfinger, not steal his girlfriend. I was like, ooh. <laughs> so, you, you got me there. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So at dinner that night, they discussed the gold supply in Britain and in the United States at Fort Knox. M and Bond talk with another man named Smithers because of Colonel course, Smithers. Colonel <laughs> Smithers about how gold is ideal for smuggling because it can be melted down and recast. Smithers virtually non-trackable. Right. Smithers explains that Goldfinger is a legitimate bullion dealer and it allows him to operate modest metallurgical installations. And Goldfinger buys it at places where it sells cheaper for an ounce relative to places that pay almost triple elsewhere. Smithers says that he doesn't know how he transfers gold overseas. So that's kind of James's mission to figure out how Goldfinger's smuggling this gold. And I've got to say, if I were James Bond, this wouldn't be like the most exciting sounding assignment to me. Right. It gets there. But yeah. At first, yeah, it, yeah it's like it's a one, one out of 10, maybe on the excitement level. It's like, okay well the girl that i could have potentially been banging out with on this is dead so (laughs) i gotta i gotta watch this fat ginger who likes gold (laughs) right it's like okay i guess what but you know what uh how he gets into it it makes it exciting they make it exciting for him oh yes and so bond says that it's time for him and goldfinger to meet socially of course and smithers gives him a five thousand pound bullion from an old Nazi sunken ship to bait him. Ooh. kind of cool. That is cool. Yeah. And so they just want to, like, is that really it? That they want to just know that how he's smuggling this gold? They want to see if it's illegal or not and if they can, like, take him down. Um, yeah, but that's 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 how it starts. But boy, oh, boy. Right. It turns into something way different. <laughs> You're, I mean, I'm thinking, okay, I'm James Bond. I'm 007 or I'm 00 whatever. This is my assignment. I'm not blowing anything up in the Caribbean or anything. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, just basically got to watch and see how something is done. Yeah, I'd be upset. Back. <laughs> Anyways, next we see James in the Gadget Slayer. Love it. I love everything about this. We see guys getting shot, gas masks being experimented with. And then we see James ask where his Bentley is and another agent. Where's my Bentley? <laughs> where's my Bentley? That was fine. Another agent, Q, says that he will now use the Aston Martin DB5 with modifications. Windscreen is bulletproof, revolving plates, transmitting device, radar, defense mechanism controls, smoke screen, oil slick, bulletproof rear screen, and left and right front wing machine guns. And last but not least, a passenger ejector ejector seat. seat. (laughs) The ejector seat. One of the most beloved tricks of this vehicle. Wow. This is, again, a very important scene in terms of the Bond franchise, because this is like really the first time we are getting to see Q and Q's. I mean, we've seen Q before, but like this is the first time we're like seeing Q's personality shine and his like inventiveness and technological genius. 
with this car. Um, his funny little line of how he like doesn't <laughs> joke about his work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so really cool. The Aston Martin. This also changed our picture of James Bond's car. Um, it yeah. was a Bentley, and this is the first time we have the Aston Martin DB5 featured. And how cool of a car is this? It's awesome. They actually, Aston Martin lent the prototype for the DB2-2161, I believe that's what it is, for the film. And I don't know if they were like totally sold on it at first, but boy, oh boy, did they see their stocks raise after this film. Yeah, but how crazy to take this Aston Martin. And then the team had to drill a hole in the roof and they had to put like gas guns in there. Um, the revolving number plate. That's hilarious to me. Or it's a hilarious backstory about how I believe the director was having, was it the director? Was having difficulty with parking tickets. And he's like, what would my fantasy be for a car? Oh, a car <laughs> that can change license plates revolving. Um, what a funny little addition for his own personal desire yeah so kind of cool stuff there and really changed i mean it's essentially like his horse (laughs) his little sidekick for the rest of this franchise the car the car is another character honestly oh definitely (laughs) yeah and so i i I do love that line bond goes ejector seat you're joking and (laughs) i never joke about my work 007 (laughs) (laughs) so funny and i love to it's like See this little red button? Yeah. Don't touch it. Which is code for, oh, I'm definitely going to touch it. <laughs> you just, yeah, the, the interest has been peaked in young James. It's like, oh, you're kidding me. I love him showing a little bit of a playful side too. I can kind of see just like the, are you kidding? It's not yeah. just all serious, but I do love that. And so... so- Yes, and we definitely also as an audience know that that will come into play <laughs> later on. Wouldn't it be more fun? Not it really wouldn't be, but wouldn't it have been funny if it like didn't have anything to do uh, with anything? I feel like as an audience <laughs> member, I would have been like, "What about the ejector seat?" <laughs> <laughs> you mean if they just like didn't use it, or if it just yeah, didn't they work? like didn't use it. Oh, uh, yeah. I w- as an audience member, I'd be like, "Come on!" Or I really want to see that ejector seat. Yeah, but, yeah right. that that would have been funny. Anyways, the next scene we see Goldfinger walk up to a golf shed or like golf a, with Goldfinger. Yeah, where Bond is uh, kind of chilling and just waiting for him to come. the The golf manager suggests that Goldfinger and Bond play together, and then Bond asks if they should make it a shilling a hole. He then sees Goldfinger's manservant. Odd job. This is fascinating. This is cool because because of the tremendously lovely unique outline shadow we got earlier we know exactly who this is oh he yeah. is the guy who killed jill oh yeah and knocked james unconscious the same music is playing in the background it's freaky and he's a weird i mean he's just kind of a creepy looking guy i don't know yeah and i don't even think um harold sakata also features tosh togo but Harold Sakata, um, I believe he almost didn't get it either or almost didn't get the role. Oh, really? I can't remember, but he's from Hawaii. He's of Japanese descent. And he was in um, professional wrestling and was kind of scouted out and got the role of Ajab. 
pretty racist since they say that he doesn't speak Korean, but I know it's um apparent, but yeah, I think the character is supposed to be Korean yeah. and um, this was a different time and we have made a lot of progress. Still have a lot more to go in terms of hey, ethnicities and movies. But, it is better than Mr. Yuniyoshi. I will say that <laughs> progress. <laughs> yeah. Getting there. Anyways. So on the green, Bond nails a putt and Goldfinger tells him that he knows that the meeting isn't a coincidence and he knows and he wants to know what's going on. Bond drops the bullion on the green and when they walk up, Goldfinger asks him if he wants to up the stakes, betting $5,000 in cash for his gold bullion. Bond, yeah, Bond lands a perfect shot and Goldfinger ends up in the rough. As they're looking for Goldfinger's ball, they just can't find where it landed. Uh, odd job drops another one and Bond's caddy says, if that's his original ball, I'm Arnold Palmer. <laughs> also a funny little cheeky line. there. <laughs> yeah, so dumb. Anyways, Bond shows that he's standing on the original ball and tells him that they're about to have some fun with Goldfinger. So on the next hole, Bond switches Goldfinger's ball when he takes it out of the hole. And as they finish the game, it seems like Goldfinger wins. But when it comes to his attention that the ball is different though, Goldfinger realized that he lost the game and the bet. Yes, this it is very interesting. James knowing he's cheating and going along with it, um, accidentally playing the wrong ball. What a classic switcheroo. Yep. And so when Ajab is putting his clubs in the trunk, James puts a pretty big tracking device on the ceiling of the trunk because it's magnetic. <laughs> it's like it's noticeably large. <laughs> yeah, it's it is quite big um plot holes plot holes, plot holes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so uh goldfinger comes up to the car to talk to james and he is not having it and he says that he must remind him of their first meeting he calls over odd job and says that many people have tried to involve themselves in his affairs unsuccessfully he points to odd job then to the statue and odd job throws his hat and it decapitates the statue <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> what I again, I mean it's comical, but it's also like serious. It's yeah. just that weird campy sense of film. <laughs> but how yeah, the bowler hat is in fact a razor that can cut through stone. <laughs> is it a razor or is it a metal hat? It's like a I guess I kind of saw it as a razor, but Maybe it is just a metal hat. I don't know. I mean, maybe Ajab has an arm. But it's freaking heavy. And yeah, yeah it, it he's not... pretty indestructible as we learn later. Not yeah. to spoil anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yikes <laughs> for the statue. Who throws a shoe? <laughs> Who throws a shoe? Um, <laughs> Random Task is the <laughs> parody name in the james bond or i'm sorry austin powers film random task <laughs> i don't know why that cracks me up it's like it's odd, odd job as weird as a name as it is it's kind of yeah. a name but random task <laughs> mike myers is brilliant i love mike myers so much it is funny. Yeah. And in, in Austin Powers is a shoe and this one it's a hat. <laughs> Honestly. And so <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Composure. Composure. And then he um 
Oh, this is great. When James gives the golf ball, the oh. correct golf ball, yeah. back to Ajab. Ajab literally crushes it with his hand. Like literally crushes. What what are golf balls made of? I'm not in the golf world. I don't even know. Like, um, but you can't just break it with your hand. Yeah, I know, I know that. that. Yeah, so he's um definitely the muscle. Yeah, <laughs> definitely the muscle. Yeah, and so um, but very interesting. I love the line of twice our paths have crossed. Let's leave it at that. Mm-hmm. And James is not going to leave it at that. Not at all. You're just going to keep pushing like he like he does. And so Bond tracks where Goldfinger is going, and he finds out that he's at the airport about to go on a flight to Geneva. So naturally, Bond is on the next flight to Geneva. As they drive through the mountains, we see a beautiful countryside, and James is getting honked at by another driver, a very pretty girl. James is about to accelerate towards her when he reminds himself, discipline 007. Goldfinger and Oddjob are stopped at a kid's fruit mart where Bond is high above on the road overlooking it. We see the girl from earlier with a sniper rifle aimed towards Bond, and she has all the time in the world and a perfect shot lined up, and she misses. Yes. Um, yeah, let's break this down. First of all, we're in beautiful Geneva, Switzerland. Um, fabulous to be here. It is beautiful here, the scenery. Love it. Um, this is something I love about Bond films in general, is that they go to like all these different locations it's like the bachelor it's like where are we gonna go next (laughs) like um just it's cool to see where you where you wind up and till or yeah the beautiful woman behind him we learn her name is tilly eventually very cool um with her cool car and horrible shot probably (laughs) the only good guy who's bad at shooting um it's like she was trained in the villain camp (laughs) I mean, at this point, we think that she's shooting at James. We do. Yes, we do. Uh, regardless, she still sucks. Yeah, yeah. Miss James. Yeah. James is what? Maybe 50 feet below her. She's got a sniper. And like Goldfinger is pretty far down below. Yeah. But oh, back up like five seconds. When you said that you were reminded of The Bachelor, I just thought of how funny it would be for like a parody of James Bond as The Bachelor. That would be funny. <laughs> That would be great. Oh, I hope they do something like that. I hope someone <laughs> takes advantage of that idea. Please, and give us 50% of whatever profits you make. And uh, <laughs> it's a great idea. Take it. And um, yeah, like when she shoots, though, Oddjob and Goldfinger aren't even phased. Because she sucks that bad. <laughs> like, did they not even realize that she shot? I think they were like, oh, that could have been the thunderstorm in the distance i don't know just a like, farm hand <laughs> yeah they, they're they very unfazed by it yeah. and quite frankly i don't know if they do have too much to worry about with that one uh, they don't and so <laughs> bond and the girl are back on the road and bond goes ahead of the girl and then signals for her to pass as she does he uses a car gadget that extends out and shreds her tires forcing her to pull over he helps her out and notices that she has a large briefcase He's also really quick to say his name. Like, I'm James Bond. Like, yeah. Like for being a spy, what? <laughs> I think maybe, like, also, and this is, again, this is me, like, with my detail oriented brain getting way too into it. You know, like, when you introduce yourself and you're like, hi, I'm Jack. And then the other person's like, hi, I'm Emma. Like, 
sometimes I feel like when you say your last name too, you're trying to get the last name out of the other person maybe. So maybe that was the point. Like, hi, I'm James Bond. And she's like, hi, I'm Tilly Stones. And not like, hi, I'm James. I'm Tilly. Um, You know what I mean? So that he could get a reading on that briefcase thing that box she has. Yeah, he probably all also realized that she was such a bad shot. She's probably not much of a danger to him anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so he offers to take her away from the scene. And as they drive, he asks her name. She says Also, that- very cool about the puncture tires there. We get another little car superpower there. Yeah. She says okay. that her name is Tilly Soames. And on her briefcase are the letters TM. So Doesn't match up. Tilly, come on, girl. Like, you can't think of another name that starts with M. I know, really? Like, there there are only a couple million out there. Yeah, so... It's so hard to pick one. God, Tilly. Be better. It is interesting. Um, And, like, Soames, that is such a specific name. She doesn't, like, I'm Tilly Jones. (laughs) Tilly Jones. Tilly (laughs) Soames. I would love to be in her head, like, right after she said that, like, oh, my God, that was so stupid. (laughs) That's such a bad name. (laughs) No, it is. It is interesting. And then um, James Bond asks if she's going hunting. Yeah, because he has a a case just like that one. For guns. Yeah, not for (laughs) ice skates. (laughs) But they're for ice skates. Uh, Apparently. So ice skating. Oh, fun fact here, everyone. Um, Like I mentioned before um this bond girl is played by tanya mallet who is Ooh. cousin to helen mirren really yes um her uh tanya's mother was the sister to helen's father i did not know that yes they're both half russian half british <laughs> oh, a little uh murder on the orient express action here yes not, uh, not actually but <laughs> Interesting, interesting stuff. Yeah, so fun facts about Tanya. Yeah, that's Malice. cool. And like I mentioned earlier, she did pass away last year, sadly. R.I.P. Anyways, uh, yeah, R.I.P. And the next thing that happens is they pull over to a gas station slash garage, like Tilly says, and James mm-hmm. pulls up the radar to see where Goldfinger's at, and Tilly tells James to leave her there because she can take care of herself. Love the... Don't forget to write from James. Yeah, very saucy. Yes. And so next, James keeps driving and he stumbles upon a large facility with the title Auric Enterprises. James camps out in the hills until night and then makes his move down. He evades a few factory workers and finds himself on a roof. Inside, we see workers melting down parts of Goldfinger's Rolls Royce. So... Well, we learned how they're smuggling the gold. <laughs> as the car. As pretty, the car. Pretty much. Keeping it in the car, as the car. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a logistical nightmare to me, but. <laughs> That's a worker's problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's Goldfinger's mentality. Right. So, uh, so yeah, after that, Goldfinger's talking to Mr. Ling, who seems to be like the manager of the plant or something, but all he's like a scientist thing too. We yeah. don't know what he is. Yeah. All we can deduce is that he's someone important to Goldfinger. Link tells him that he should suspend his other activities and Goldfinger tells him that Operation Grand Slam will have his undivided attention. <laughs> Operation Grand Slam, what is that? That sounds very innocent. <laughs> The name Operation Grand Slam is probably the least fear-inducing name of all time. 
I, you know, I wish that like, this is just, I mean, okay, this is at least my opinion. I think they could have done better in terms of naming. And I think, I think they could have come up with something more double entendre-y, more <laughs> secretive, more anything. I love the, uh, <laughs> what are some of the operation names in Austin Powers? Like, Preparation oh X or Preparation yeah, uh, H. Preparation H and um, what's the other one? The project. I, I love Robert how, Parsons oh, project. Robert Parsons or Alan Parsons project. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean. I just love how Scott's always like laughing <laughs> in the background. Right. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, yeah, Operation Grand Slam. Come on, uh, <laughs> come on, Goldfinger. Uh, Be better. So. Anyway. Uh, Operation yeah. Grand Slam's on our radar. Yeah, and so James walks back to the hills and needs to hide when he sees a hooded figure with a gun walking through, and he tackles them, which causes the gun to hit a trip cord. The trip cord alarms the workers inside, and then we see that the figure is Tilly. Oh, my gosh. And so Oh, my gosh, Tilly. She says that she wants to kill Goldfinger because he killed her sister, Jill. So at that moment, Bond realizes that her name, her real name, is Tilly Masterson. And then we hear gunshots all around them. Ooh, crazy stuff. So James tells her to get in the car and he knocks out another guard. <laughs> Just, I love the, <laughs> I love the fights. Um, it's so funny. Yeah. On the road, James puts up a smoke screen so that he causes a car to swerve off the road. Tilly's loving it. <laughs> uh, Tilly. Uh, yeah. I have, what a fun Bond girl. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just just kind of like along for the ride here. Yeah. Honestly. Trying to kill Goldfinger. Yeah. Oh, and we do learn that she was trying to kill Goldfinger and not James. She's just that bad of a shot. Right. Confirmed. Yeah. Confirmed. And so for the next car, James uses the oil slick and this causes the car to swerve off a cliff <laughs> and explode on first impact. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I, I had to watch it twice because I was like, I think it exploded midair (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i I, bond villain cars are also made poorly they're tonka trucks whatever (laughs) and so um and so yeah another car is following them and then james realized that he's surrounded there's cars in front of him there's cars behind him and then he tells tilly to run off you know but odd job flings his hat and unfortunately kills tilly oh no the masters and sisters are both down now yeah i both thought due to odd job i wish there was like a third I, <laughs> I know maybe that could be the the next story the, that'd be the, awesome the third masterson or whatever uh that'd be cool that would be cool but uh, crazy um also this is the only time in the entire film that odd job oh sorry for the spoilers everyone um Hopefully you watched them already. This is the only kill with a hat in the entire movie. Oh, yeah. Which is interesting because they've made such a point of it being a weapon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you don't count the statue, I guess. Yeah. It's really yeah. Funny. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Odd Job is showing his lethality right now with uh, with the old hat. But yeah, so James realizes that he can't leave and the guards take her body, Tilly's body, that is. And then... One, they let James drive his car. What the beep, beep, whatever that. I'll I'll bleep bleep it. (laughs) 
uh, <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, what the heck? Um, what were they thinking? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. This is like the whole. <laughs> uh, this is again plot hole. Austin Powers, prime material to parody. <laughs> Who freaking puts the bad guy in their in their eyes? In charge of driver's seat. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, it's not even like it's just so ridiculous. It makes I think no sense. Maybe. <laughs> no, I, I literally cannot even come up with like an excuse. Uh, or... An excuse for this one. Yeah, and so that is just super confusing. But um, but you know what? At least he's armed. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a, it's not like he's just hopping in just like, all right, James, we're actually going to take a right up here. And then, (laughs) yeah, but yeah. So James is driving with the one guard in the passenger seat, the passenger seat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And as they cross the bridge, there's this old woman guard that sort of opens up the pass. And then as soon as they get past her, James swerves away and then he pops open his gear shift and then ejects the guard in the seat next to him ridiculousness and so james then heads off for the gate but the old woman takes a machine gun and then starts shooting at him oh my gosh this is a cited as a lot of people's favorite small scenes someone super iconic too who who do alfred hitchcock oh yeah baby my favorite director one of i don't know Maybe I don't know. I love him. <laughs> the, the man, the myth, the legend. This is his favorite scene. This old woman with the machine gun. <laughs> I love it, it. it is humorous. <laughs> yeah, it's great. This there there's so many good scenes in this movie. A lot of them come later on, and I'll I'll point them out. But this is like the first one where I'm like, yeah, that's that's amazing. And you know what? There's something about this scene that just for me recollects like things in the 80s too i don't know why it's just kind of like a timeless car chase (laughs) yeah no it's cool i like the way that they did it so yeah thank god for the bulletproof glass and the windshield though i know Um, he's really utilizing all of q's inventions (laughs) yeah i I also love yeah i love how q's also telling him to bring it back in one piece and then bond goes you should be on the field q like (laughs) you don't know brother anyways yeah she starts shooting the bulletproof glass james starts driving through the facility great high-speed chase and then we see him about to collide head-on with an approaching car he swerves and crashes into a wall that collapses on him odd job pulls his car up and then we see that it wasn't really a car that was approaching but it was a mirror so unfortunately what did you think though that the bullets that the car was firing would have cracked the mirror. You know what? One would think so, except um, plot <laughs> and props defy all logic. <laughs> so. And that's why we love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do. I, it sounds like we're making fun of it, but honestly, it is like just so... I don't know. It's it's epic. It's just epic. Yeah, it, you just have to watch it. It's it's amazing. And so, uh, I mean, while you're watching it, you just kind of accept everything for how it is. It's like no questions are asked, which is great. So, Ajab takes James into custody, and then when James wakes up, he is shackled to a table where we see Goldfinger approach him. He tells James that he has a laser that can project a light on the moon, or at a closer range, it can cut through solid metal, 
which he proceeds to show him by cutting straight through gold. That's a pretty powerful uh, laser he's got there. Laser beams. And I think I could be wrong. Okay, I really should have fact-checked this before I just put it out there. But I think I read somewhere that this is the first... Laser. Like, prompt laser. Yeah, yeah. like, laser featured in a movie. Yeah, yeah, because... I mean, we we read the same fact that it was supposed to be a buzzsaw. Yes, or... it was supposed to be a buzzsaw. And um, then, that's way too cliche. Yeah, oh my god, Goldfinger's <laughs> way better than a buzzsaw. Yeah, please, <laughs> buzzsaw. <laughs> I need sharks with laser beams attached to their heads. <laughs> yeah, right. Austin Powers reference for those. Come on, that guys. Didn't you, that at all. You got to catch up. Got to. There's gotta not keep a shark up. in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, and so yeah, James is strapped to this table with this laser beam. And it's slowly working. It's ridiculously slow. Like, <laughs> so, so slow. It, it is pretty. But you know what? Like, it looks like it's like changing progress. Like, yeah. Points too. And it is interesting. So underneath how they filmed this, I believe they had the two men. Oh, they would have been on the set art team of sorts i forget their names i'm sorry everyone um they're like underneath the table and they're like cutting oh yeah yeah as as the lasers like fake cutting cutting yeah and so goldfinger replies by saying choose your next witticism carefully mr bond it may be your love last. that line yep and then he said that the purpose of the last two encounters is clear and that he doesn't expect to be distracted by another bond asks if he expects him to talk and goldfinger says he expects him to die also love that line. I love this whole like villain hero dancer. Yeah. It's so classic. Yes. He then No, is, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Yeah. <laughs> he then is about to leave and he goes to talk to Mr. Ling. The laser is or yeah. <laughs> Again, I just love like the elaborate death scenes that this man or slash all villains in these movies think of. They're like so slow and <laughs> <laughs> like escapable. Wait, you're not gonna watch him die? <laughs> <laughs> Just get a gun and shoot him. <laughs> yeah, bang. <laughs> yeah, that's the cool thing about Bond villains is they're like these creative geniuses, always looking to creatively kill their prey. It's, I love it so much. And so he goes up to talk to Mister Ling, not even paying attention to Bond. But while the laser is slowly making its way up. Bond yells out that if he fails to report, then 008 will replace him, and that he knows everything that Bond knows. And then he yells out about Operation Grand Slam, and Goldfinger turns off the laser and tells him that he's worth more alive. A guard comes down and then shoots him with a tranquilizer dart. Yeah, so very interesting. Um, nice nice bluff there by Mr. Bond. Um, yeah, Agent 008, yeah, he's right behind me. He totally knows about Operation Grand Slam. It was definitely a bold move. He did not know what Operation Grand Slam was. It could have been nothing for all he knew. Right. <laughs> so that was bold call and it paid off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, quick thinking by Bond there. And so, yeah, Bond wakes up and he sees a stunning woman. And when he asks her her name, she says, it's pussy galore. Bow chicka wow wow. Um, Honor Blackman, gorgeous. Pussy galore might be one of my favorite bond girls if not my favorite she's definitely one of my favorites but i i have i don't have like a ranking for them like a definitive ranking but she's yeah. up there i i love bond's 
I love Bond's response. I must be dreaming. I love that line too. It's perfect. Like it is the most absurd name. Um, <laughs> like in Dr. No, the Bond girl in that one, I, her name was Honey Ryder. Again, we have double entendres galore. Pussy galore. Um, <laughs> and, nice one, <laughs> um, just get crazier and crazier um, and get more and more creative up until like Christmas Jones with Denise Richards, which watch that one to learn how that plays out um, a lot don't. of vagina a lot of vagina in the <laughs> um uh, austin powers films yeah so it's she she's such i i really genuinely like this character though i think she is a badass i think she's like a strong independent woman she's got her own hustle kind of going on um, the pussy glue of flying circus. Yeah, I th- I think she's cool. <laughs> yeah, and so. uh, wait. So the original line that James was supposed to reply with was what? I know you are, but what's your name? Yes, yeah. Um, that was too much. That was uh, they're already pu- pushing it with pussy galore. <laughs> For um, real. <laughs> they, you know what? So I I think you probably knew this, and a lot of you probably knew this, but they were going to change the character's name to Kitty Galore in the oh. film to make it more you know pr friendly um but they they got away with changing it to to keeping it pussy <laughs> so good for them and it is interesting if you watch like trailers um of goldfinger or like any promotional stuff her name isn't printed her full name isn't printed on anything she's either referred to as either just miss galore or Mr. Goldfinger's personal pilot. Um, So, Mm. yeah, that's kind of just an interesting thing to look for in the old memorabilia. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so what a a great character introduction. She tells him... I like to think that, like, maybe her nickname was Kitty Galore growing up and then, like, middle school or high school happens and guys are jerks (laughs) and, like, started calling her that. And she just, like, owned it like a boss. Like, that's my name. (laughs) pussy that's like my own fictitious backstory for her yeah i love it and so she tells james that he's on goldfinger's private plane thirty-five thousand feet in the air heading to baltimore and that bond is his guest she also says that she is the plane's pilot which is pretty cool Mm. Uh, pretty saucy and then she calls out for my lay my lee my lay uh my lee my lee the personal sort of flight attendant on this journey yeah, um, this is quite quite literally a plane fit for a Bond villain. It's it's very decadent, <laughs> and yeah, Pussy Galore, how awesome! Like I love that. Like she's Goldfinger's personal pilot. Pilot, she's a damn good pilot, and that's uh, that's it. Yep, he's checking all these women's status with the sky. Oh, for um, sure. Very cool. Yeah, so, my my Lee. Miley asks what Bond wants to drink, and he responds, of course, he wants a martini, shaken, not stirred. Yes, and you know what? I think I read also, and again, I should have fact-checked this, but this might be one of the only times he gives the instructions to someone oh. rather than the bartender saying it. Really? Something, something like that, something along the lines of one of the few times Bond actually speaks those lines. It's cool. And so, yeah, uh, Pussy says that she's Goldfinger's personal pilot. And then James toasts to Operation Grand Slam, 
Pussy also tells James that she's immune to James's charms, which is cheeky. Ooh, I love, love it. I love how she's like, shut it down. Yeah, like, don't, I mean, business. Yeah, I don't play these games, boy. And so, yeah, as they're about to arrive, James asks Miley if any of his luggage survived so he can change, and he goes into the bathroom. Pussy sees the bathroom light go on, and she tells Miley to keep an eye on him. As, he, as he's in the bathroom, he puts his coat over the clock, which has a peephole on it, and he covers another two-way mirror with his bag. He puts a tracker device into his shoe, removes his bag, and puts shaving cream on the mirror to let Miley know what's up. This, I think, is so funny. I love, like, just the little ways he outsmarts Miley yeah. or, like, kind of outwits the bad guys. Um, like, Miley, like Miley was really going to outsmart james bond come on well you know what miley might be a very smart woman but um those little holes were not enough to outsmart james james has been around the block big takeaway though um his homing device is in his shoe so um his allies can know where he is now exactly at all times and so James comes out and we see Pussy holding a gun in his direction. But James says that she knows more about planes than guns because that Smith and Wesson would de- depressurize the plane and they would both die. So Into outer space. Into um, outer and space. Miley too, by the way. Yeah. And Sydney. <laughs> That's not... Everyone on the plane. Woman on this plane. Yeah. And so British and American intelligence communicate saying that they see him making fine progress and that he's well on top of the moment. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, on top. Not only ironic, but yeah. Not true. Yeah. Well, I don't know. He's kind of figuring out his plan yeah. at the moment. And so we see that they land and the plane pulls into Pussy Glore's Flying Circus Hangar. Outside, James notices more planes flying in formation who were all apparently trained by Pussy. They um, land in good old Kentucky. Kentucky, baby. Which is Probably the least glamorous place, I think. You know what? No, I'll take that back because I think Kentucky's great and I do think there's a lot of glamour in Kentucky. Come on. However, Kentucky like, is not Miami. Kentucky is not the Bahamas. It's when we when we just came from Geneva, Switzerland, this is like okay. I don't know if we have any Bachelor fans out there and I don't know when this will be released. But this is like how the promo for the next episode of The Bachelor, they're like we're leaving the house. We're going to Cleveland. Like, this is <laughs> like that. Um, this is kind of like, oh my God. And all the girls are like, um. Kentucky. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's not like the most epic place, but it does have a cool story with it. For sure. And so as James is charming pussy, we see Aja waiting for them and he shoes them into his car with his little grunt noises. Pussy goes over to the runway and we see her flying circus come out and she tells them that they'll have their final briefing that night. It's a crew of all these blonde women. I love it. I love this. Look at this female aviation team. Hot girls coming off the plane. Like awesome pilots. Just I just see strong women. I'm like respect. <laughs> There's just pussy galore. Yeah. <laughs> they are a cool troop. <laughs> I love this movie so much. <laughs> Big fan of the flying circus. <laughs> and so I also like how some of those girls were actually dudes. Yes, I did hear that. Um, like, definitely, I've I've heard that like more like the scenes where they're flying on the plane, that it's like a dude in a blonde wig. Yeah, I actually don't know as well. Um, 
and I think there like were originally seven, and they ended up with five ladies in the final. Interesting production, but yeah, fun facts there for your favorite female aviation troop. Yeah. So then Bond then arrives at Auric Stud Goldfinger's Ranch. He tells Oddjob to bring him to his quarters, and he's escorted downstairs to a sort of dungeon or something. This is not like the plane. This is not. It's not the plane. It's not the not Four like, Seasons. It's pretty shitty. It's a little prison. Yeah. And so Leiter and the American Johnny, another agent, are in a car monitoring Bond's location, saying that. While eating Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. And the, they say that Bond will shout if he needs them. Goldfinger then has his meeting with these gangsters from across the United States with them demanding the mob, the mob is here now. Like this is how ridiculous this movie is. Yeah. It's so dumb. And so (laughs) they're all demanding $1 million that he owes them all individually, I guess. And so he then asks if they want their million today or 10 billion, $10 million tomorrow. He pushes a button. Yeah. He pushes a button that changes his pool table into a switchboard. And then he pushes a few buttons and a huge map of Fornox shows up saying that it's his bank. The gold depository there has $15 billion worth of gold there. The entire gold supply of the United States. So. Yeah. Fascinating stuff here. Yeah. Again, this this merry-go-round of (laughs) ridiculous. Like the gangsters say, this merry-go-round of ridiculousness just keeps... (laughs) dialing up the, the gangsters are just so clownish i can't i, I can't <laughs> they're great caricatures um yeah fort knox though what a interesting target so that's what we're doing in kentucky we're not here for a horse race or like a concert we are here to break into fort knox um little fort knox fun facts for you because you know why not so currently it holds 104 47.3 million ounces of gold at the present time. Um, and half of the treasury's stored gold is kept at Fort Knox. The highest amount ever was 649.6 million ounces. And that was in the forties. And it's, yeah, been only, only small bits have ever been taken out of Fort Knox. Like all the gold there has just stays, stays there. there. Um, and they actually opened it in 1974 to journalists because there were speculations that there was no gold in Fort Knox, like <laughs> giant lie. Um, but it was declared like the journalists saw that there was in fact gold still there. That would um, be pretty it, cool to see. That would be pretty cool to see. So eventually people did see it, but when they were making this, they had no idea what it looks like. Um, and then previously before that, um, I think FDR was the only – person authorized with personnel to access the vaults crazy. So, interesting stuff on Fort Knox for you yeah. if you have no if you're like not from the states and have no idea what it is it's um a place where we keep half our gold apparently but in this movie it's where we keep all of it yes so <laughs> and it has like the most loose security <laughs> of all time <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, but that's not the case in real life. In we'll, fact. We'll, we'll get into that later. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> Goldfinger claims that men have achieved unbelievable endeavors in every field but crime. And while he says this, we cut to Bond downstairs. He waves at the single guard, the single guard that is watching him, <laughs> walks back and forth from the window to the door, winks at the guard. I love it, along with the music. 
I love how, like, I don't even know. He's even, like, sexually charming to this, like, I know he's not being sexual to this guard, but he's even, like, sexy-ish, like, trying to mess with this guard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> These, this, it's the James Dean charm. Like, it, it's amazing. <laughs> and so he then even does a little elevator thing where he disappears yeah. from the view, you know, when we've all done it. Like, you're behind a couch or something, and then you pretend like you're on an elevator, a la Austin Powers. He and does that idiot. to the... Yeah. <laughs> and the guard's like, and then he walks up to the window, <laughs> kicks open the door. James is hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> what the hell was he thinking? <laughs> what did he think was going to happen? Like, yeah. not for him to like pounce <laughs> on him and take his gun. And so, yeah, James knocks out this guard, takes his gun, and then makes his way over to like a, like an HVAC place, but beneath goldfinger's lair and so yes um, uh secret tunnels (laughs) yeah upstairs bond can hear that goldfinger is explaining his plan to the gangsters which is basically that there's what an aerial gas that pussy galore and her and her flying circus will spray to knock out the security at fort knox for 24 hours and he also plans on blowing up the fence (laughs) yes um yeah that's pretty much it and um, I, I don't know why, but I crack up with, like, James Bond writing this on his note. Like, 007 to CIA, aerial nerve gas proceeds at dawn, raid Fort Knox. <laughs> like, just funny how he writes it yeah. down for, like, in a little note that's so <laughs> flimsy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so basically, that's the whole mission of Pussy Gore's Flying Circus. And um, it's to help... Goldfinger infiltrate or not. Yeah. And so one of the gangsters that's hearing this is not about it. His name is Solo because, of course, and he wants his money now. Goldfinger starts walking him away when Bond takes out his tracker and wraps in that note that you just mentioned about all the plans. And so he puts that in his pocket when someone comes up from behind him and yanks his feet off the HVAC that he was standing on. When he turns around, he sees that it's pussy. And she is with a bunch of guards and she demands his gun and she leads him to another room. And she knows judo. Is there anything girlfriend can't do? She is awesome. She is truly a renaissance woman. And so Kish, Goldfinger's henchman, starts pushing buttons, which closes off their room and seals. Yeah. It was pretty funny. Like his eye in Fort Knox. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. James Bond got in the model. Yeah. And so... Kish, Goldfinger's henchman, starts pushing buttons, which closes off their room and seals the room that Goldfinger and Solo just walked out of. The gangsters are still in there when Kish unleashes the nerve gases on them, which is like (laughs) a ridiculous scene. Well, you know what, though? I mean, you probably read this, but Gert Frobe actually Uh, was not into the scene. He did not want to do the scene, actually, mm -hmm. um, because of his previous connection with the Nazi party and worries about like perpetuating that and having this, I mean, gas chamber. So um, he was not wanting that scene, but they ended up doing it. Yeah. I mean, he plays a British guy in the movie, but of course there's always going to be that loose connection even more. So when it's like less than 20 years after the fact of it all going down. So yeah, Pretty crazy stuff. 
it is funny though seeing the gangsters just kind of fall over because the gas you're not supposed to be able to see the gas like it's supposed to be invisible it's supposed to right. be so it's just everyone's kind of just falling over which is pretty good falling over maybe it's a different gas who knows yeah but still hilarious uh just extreme acting there quien sabe for all of our argentinian listeners shout out <laughs> but anyways Outside, we see Goldfinger escort Solo out, where he briefly meets Bond. Uh, James places his tracker and note in Solo's coat pocket, and James tells Goldfinger that he enjoyed the briefing. Goldfinger, <laughs> upset because Bond knows his plans now, walks away, and we cut to lighter, and the CIA agent Johnny being alerted at Bond's apparent movement. Oh, no more chicken. Yeah. Womp, womp. Womp. And so, love the Bond music in the background. We have Odd Job driving. Yep. We have Odd Job driving solo, who takes him on a, a side road, pretty much, and then he just shoots him. Uh, Lighter and the agent are still following, but we see Odd Job take his car to a scrapyard. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is so like <laughs> extra. I don't even know. Why? Why, like, why would Odd Job just? I don't even know, like. <laughs> I think I, I, I think he's just doing it for fun. Like <coughs> I was writing down questions as I was as I was taking notes, and I was like, "Oh, maybe they'll, they'll be answered." They weren't. Like I watched the rest, and it wasn't clear. It wasn't clear then. It's not clear now. I guess the point of the scrapyard and turning the car into a cube of metal while the gangsters still in it is a roundabout way of disposing of the body. I guess. I, I don't know how it would work. I'm not a scientist or into biology, so I don't know how that would actually work with the body. Um, Did Ajab put him in the trunk? Because I was looking for the body in the back seat. Oh, he might have put him in the trunk, or at yeah. least we can tell ourselves that to make it seem plausible. I think I'm going to have to do that because <laughs> I did yeah. not see Solo's body in the, the back seat. Yeah, I guess that's a way for his gangster mafia mob syndicate to not find his body. Um, and it's a way for the plot to work for the tracking device to no longer read. Right. And, <laughs> well, I mean, this is kind of a side thing, but I guess the crew thought it was really cool when they were scrapping the, the Chrysler or whatever car. Oh, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure it was quite cool. For <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, they're at least at the, at the very least there's that. And so, yeah, as it's being scrapped, the transmitter goes off lighter and Johnny are confused. And then they start heading back to Goldfinger's ranch uh, because it's all they can do. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, Goldfinger and pussy discuss the plans after the heist and Kish comes and tells Goldfinger that lighter and Johnny are sort of spying them with binoculars. I love how obvious they are. These two idiots. Like, this is you're, the most obvious literal spying I have ever seen in my life. You're CIA agents. Be better. Like, oh my gosh. The, like, get get a bird on their heads. Like, yeah. Hide under the bushes. yeah. It's just, oh my God. This is hard to watch. Yeah. Hard to watch. So they know that they know that they're being watched. watched. Yeah. And so Goldfinger says that they should make it seem like Bond needs no assistance and they should make it seem that he's as happy as possible. Pussy agrees and he tells her to change into something more suitable. Mm -hmm. 
And mm. so now Bond is in a cell being guarded by five men <laughs> with the guns facing him at all times when Kish comes down and gets him. I love that. So funny. <laughs> yeah. They, they finally caught on. And so Leiter and Johnny are watching when Bond goes up to Goldfinger and tells him that the nerve gas that he plans on using is fatal and that Operation Grand Slam won't work. And so do you want to explain what the real plan is or do you want me to? Well, I can give it a crack. And if it doesn't make any sense, then let me know. Yeah. So Bond points out how stupid of a plan this is to rob Fort Knox. It really is. I mean, I, I'm not so familiar with Fort Knox's geographics, but I know it's, you know, a little more secluded-ish, not super secluded, but it's pretty spread out. That's more what I'm looking at. Uh, it's vast. There's a lot of armies around it. It's where they train military. It's where military are guarding vaults it's pretty packed with surveillance um and gold is in fact actually pretty heavy so it would take quite a moment more than they can bargain for to get all that gold out of there um and into their own vehicles so it's not the brightest plan to rob fort knox (laughs) and um goldfinger is all like you fool, I'm not trying to rob it. I'm trying to blow it up. Um, and so Goldfinger is not intending to steal the gold. He is actually intending to use a nuclear bomb um, and plant it in the vault and blow up and radioactivate all of the United States' gold supply um, so that it will be radioactive and essentially non-usable and garbage for 58 years so that his own stock of gold will increase in value and mr Uh, ling yes our chinese friend um wants us to go down so that there's economic chaos in the west yes the point is that the united states all of their hope is in fort knox and if they destroy it, um, the West is doomed and the rest of the world is better off or yeah. more advantaged. Yeah. So that's essentially Goldfinger's real plan. And James is happy that he figured this out over a nice mint julep. When Aja pulls up, Goldfinger says that he must separate his gold from the late Mr. Solo, to which James, cheeky as always, says that he did have a pressing engagement. Um <laughs> Love it. And so, yeah, Pussy comes out in an absolutely fire outfit. Boobies are popping, and she and James are flirting hard. I love it. Classy outfit. I love this purple on purple look. Oh, yeah. Looking good. Yep. They walk into the barn, and then she kind of – so they're they're walking at first, and Lighter and Johnny are like, he's fine. Don't worry about him. But then as soon as they, they get into the barn <laughs> – James. Good old James, James finding a woman. You dog. And so, yeah, pussy's about it. Early she puts up the front and then they walk. I in. also love her line of like, no, I don't carry weapons after business hours. Like, yeah. I think she's got just as much wit as James. And I think that's why I like her so much. Oh, for sure. And so, I mean, with a name like that, how could you not? Anyways, right? once they walk into the barn, she starts to kind of 
drop this act. And I love this scene. This might be my favorite scene. He asks if it's customary to grant a dead man his last request. And then she flips him over. While he's down, he swipes her legs. And then she falls. And then they both get up. She tries to flip him. He flips her. She tries to strangle him, but he's too strong, too manly, too bond. And then he kisses her. And we know the rest. It is a great display of her judo technique, for sure. Um, <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> what? That's what you got out of that? <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure, like, from a consent perspective. It was the most consensual thing ever. Um, but, yes, it is definitely very 60s for romance scene. I will say that. He romanced her with his strength. Um, <laughs> I like to think that there was consent granted somewhere in that I, scene. I think she was just so turned on by like the action. I I, I like to hope that she was not um, a rape culture victim. I like to think that she did see that they were equally matched in both yeah. brains and talents, and that she really was won over. And that I I like to think that's in my head. That yeah, it, yeah, no, I, I do too. In some I do way, too. yeah. But on screen, I know that this might have been triggering for people. I'll just put that out there. Yes. And so, the final act uh, after Pussy and James kind of do their thing, we get to see Pussy Galore's flying circus in action. They're on their way to Fort Knox. They unleash their gas. Why on earth is that not a no-fly zone? All the, know, right? <laughs> all the soldiers and civilians at Fort Knox start dropping dead. Borderline comical, but it's great. Um, it is great. And I heard that like the direction, like directing it was very fun because it was like they all got 10 bucks and a beer or something like that. Yeah. Or just falling. Um, it's funny. Yeah. And so once the flying circus is done, Kish, Odd Job, and Bond all go into the town on their little army trucks. And so as the crew starts going to Fort Knox, we see one of the cars has lighter and Johnny, and unfortunately, they're gone. They're passed out too. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and so horrible. Uh, the crew uses dynamite to explode the gates. And they I do start... love the halt, do not enter signs. I know. Like, and I love that there's only like two little signs. Yeah, it's Fort Knox, but who cares? Anyways, the crew uses dynamite to explode the gates, and they start moving in on the depository. Out of one of the trucks, they open up their laser and it starts cutting into a door on the side of Fort Knox. Goldfinger arrives via helicopter and him and Ling start bringing out an atomic bomb. As they're arming it, we cut back to the car on the side of the road from earlier and everyone is alive. They all play dead. <laughs> yeah. So, well, okay. I've heard two renditions of this. This is just me getting nerdy now. So I've heard, A, that they just all pretended mm -hmm. to pass out yeah. and fall asleep, which still doesn't like make a ton of sense to me <laughs> that they let them through. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, why not just stop them? <laughs> then it also doesn't make sense to me because I think we saw two civilian cars crashed. No? Uh, okay, I could be wrong. I think we did, actually. I think so. Which to me makes me think that a gas was used but it was like a laughing gas or like some very harmless yeah, yeah. gas that everyone recovered from yeah not the not the, not the killing gas 
Yeah. That's probably more plausible anyway. I don't know where pussy got this gas, but. Yeah, in such short notice. But yeah, so uh, so the soldiers of Fort Knox start circling and then Goldfinger handcuffs Bond to the bomb. Outside, the soldiers start taking out Goldfinger's men. It Goldfinger switches into his general outfit and baits American soldiers to go inside of the fort and then he shoots them. Goldfinger, <laughs> yeah, Goldfinger <laughs> closed the door. I love that this man with like a very obviously foreign accent is like, yeah. they went in there. General, and it, it, well, yeah. it's possible, but no, it's no, no one's questioning it though. Less likely, yeah, yeah, they're okay. Blind, blindly with it, with his gold gun, nonetheless. Yeah, and, and so, <laughs> yeah, but let me pause here to admire the. Um, a set design here for inside of Fort Knox, considering oh, yeah. that no one's really seen it. Um, they just, I think it was the director described. He wanted like a cathedral of gold in there. Um, and oh, and also the vault door is awesome. I think that's like an epic vault that's, door. That's very cool. Um, but the woman who actually ran Fort Knox um, wrote the art director, Ken Adams, a letter of compliment on his design and it's on his imagination. And I don't know if accuracy, it might've been a little accurate. Yeah. But, um, just how good of a job he did. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's a very cool set. And so, uh, and so yeah, Goldfinger closed the door to the vault, leaving odd job Kish in there along with bond. And then Kish is going to Kish wants to go disarm the bomb when odd job stops him and then throws him over the ledge, killing Kish. And so, <laughs> I heard that was like a 40 foot stunt fall. Oh my God. Like that. That's ridiculous. It, it's not, something like that. It's some, it, but the ball depicted was 40 feet. Yeah. So crazy. And also our job loyal to the end. They could have disarmed that bomb or whatever and solved yeah. everything. Yeah. But our job, that's, that's just not how he rolls. And so Bonsi is a key in Kish's pocket and he starts to go over to try and grab it. Ajab sees Bond making this struggle, and then he runs down and tries to stop him. He even tries to throw his hat to kill him when Bond ducks it, and he frees himself. Just crazy sequence here. So Ajab, yeah, Ajab then picks up his hat again, and he throws it, and it hits an electric fuse that causes it to break. And then James tries to throw a gold bullion at Odd Job, but it just reflects <laughs> off of him. Odd Job is literally like made of gold himself. Wouldn't that be something if, like... I wouldn't be surprised. It was a metal man. The metal man. man. Like, what What was that other henchman, Jaws? In- Jaws, yes. Yeah. And you know what? Odd, odd job really was an inspiration for, jo- uh, for Jaws later on. Yeah. This, like, strong, silent type. Yeah, so Odd Job is a tough SOB. And as the fight continues, James finds himself next to Odd Job's hat, and he throws it, but it sticks to a metal bar behind him. When Ajab, and I love the yeah. gold bars everywhere. Let me just again yeah. comments. How cool. Gold bars everywhere. Super cool. And then when Ajab goes to pick up his hat, it's still stuck between the metal bars. James takes an electric wire that Ajab ruined earlier, sticks it to the metal bars, and it electrifies Ajab. Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> and so, <laughs> with le- yeah. Fun tie into the beginning of the film. <laughs> yeah. And so, with less than a minute left on the bomb's countdown, James is trying his best to unlock the container it's in. And then, with 30 seconds left, he's able to open it, and we see an assortment of wires. Right as James is about to rip apart the wires, an atomic specialist uh, comes over and whacks his hands away and pushes a button on the side, stopping the countdown at seven, 
007 to be exact. Oh, what a good laugh. What a nice chuckle for the audience to see the 007. Um, and it was delivered. Obviously, it was delivered. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if that was just a coincidence? <laughs> what? Oh, how weird. No, they. Um, I originally think it was supposed to be three seconds left. Yeah. And they kept it, or they changed it to seven. Also, what the heck? I love that there's like all these wires, and the nuclear specialist literally like flips a switch and yeah. it's like problem solved. <laughs> Yeah, it, red wire, blue wire. No, it's the button on the side. Like actually, a button. <laughs> and, the on-off switch. Yeah, you just press off. <laughs> at, at that point, why not just have it end on one? Like right. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, but I guess because it is so camp, this 007 is perfect. I don't even know what camp means. But anyways, <laughs> when Lighter asks where uh, James Butler friend went, James says that he blew a fuse. Another. I'm, uh, I can't even do it. And so he says, "I like, love them. I love them though. The yeah. great criticisms." Yeah. yeah. And so Bond says that Goldfinger isn't far. That pussy helps switch the gas in the canisters. And then he says that he must have appealed to her maternal instincts, which made her call Washington. I, what? Yeah. That's kind of. Weird. I don't know. I actually weird. don't know either. Um, yeah. That's one part where, like, I'm trying to think. I don't even know. Her maternal instincts, yeah. And so James is then on his way for lunch with the president after all the dust settles. And um, yeah, and while he gets on the plane. I love the fun like dialogue between these two. Like, oh, it was nothing. I know that, but yeah. the president doesn't. Like, that was so fun. I'm sure like secret agents probably do think that all the time. Oh, also, um, like the, I ordered liquor for three. Oh, who else is on the plane? Uh, no one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love it, love it, love the banter. Yeah, and so James goes on the plane, and while he's hanging out in the air, we see Goldfinger come out of the back with his what? golden gun pointed right at him. Right as Goldfinger's about to shoot him, James starts to wrestle away the gun, and he shoots a window out. James is holding onto a side rail while Goldfinger flies out of the window. He warned Pussy earlier. Yeah, yeah. The foreshadowing um, is being shadowed. Wow, like, also, I'm done with the plot holes, but let's just look at one more here. Um, Goldfinger is not, like, a small guy. He is large in an airplane window, for those of you that have been on an airplane, is quite small, and I could imagine on a private plane it's even smaller. Um, But he gets sucked out of there. He jimmies his Um, way out of that window. That's how strong the depressurization forces are the suck is and the sky or and the plane just starts falling out of the sky pussies at the helm and then also why are you hiring the woman that betrayed you to man your plane i have no idea but i love it (laughs) 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 and yeah so she asks where goldfinger is and james responds playing his golden hop super calm while the plane is falling out of the sky and so while this is happening we see lighter and company kind of watching looking at the radar noticing the dot falling with the altitude and then he sees two dots separate from the plane Mm. Mm. the plane crashed into the ocean (laughs) and then we see a rescue an extra crash at that that was like did, did they take like a U-turn or something? Um, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, where did the water come from? Anyways, the plane crashed into the ocean and we see a rescue helicopter on its way. 
and then we see pussy signaling for it to come. But James pulls her down, saying, oh, no, you don't. This is no time to be rescued. And then he drapes the parachute over themselves, and we hear the outro of the Goldfinger music. Oh, man. Wow. Classic James Bond ending. Escaping narrow death from your arch villain, getting the woman. Everything. Doing your stuff on the land or ocean or wherever. (laughs) It is so ridiculous, but it was so much fun to watch. I love this movie so much. It is great. And it's so fun. The end, Goldfinger starts playing in the background again. And we have the James Bond will be back in Thunderball. Thunderball. So if you are were really so enamored by this film, go watch that one next and live how you would have in the 60s. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That one was, that was so much fun to watch. Emma, do you have any more notes to make of that? No, this was just really, um, you know, really a game changer for the franchise. There are so many Bond movies and they're all kind of like special in their own way. And everyone has their favorite for certain reasons. But I think this one is one of the most well-rounded ones. One of the ones that have it all. One of the ones that have scenes that influenced not just Bond movies, but action movies, all action movies to come. Um, Iconic Bond girls, iconic Bond, great villain it's just awesome henchman it's very cool uh and i think that this one was really like where the producers of james bond really like found their stride and like went with it and made it the franchise it is today this could have easily failed and we wouldn't have daniel craig starring in the ones we have right now like for all we know like they could have not gone farther than this but they did and i'm happy yeah i think it's just it's such a culturally significant franchise, not only here, but across the pond, our dear friends in London. England. Yeah, crazy um, themes on greed and just mastermindedness and plotting. It's really just, just such a classic film. Yeah, yeah, no, we loved it so much. Thank you guys all again for tuning in for listening for being an old soul fam with with both of us we really Thank appreciate you so much it. Yep, yes appreciate every single one of you keep tuning in share it with your friends if you think they'll like it don't forget to rate don't forget to subscribe don't forget to comment down below we love all you guys hopefully we'll be back soon with another one Oh, yeah. We'll definitely be back soon. <laughs> Hopefully my voice holds up. Again, thank you all for bearing with my voice. Um, hopefully it sounds more normal next time. <laughs> of course. It was a ton of fun, guys. Until next time. <laughs>